Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Finding your passion is hard, peers. But for a lucky few, our passions present themselves when we're young. We find the thing that we just love doing when we spend our lives doing it. Luckier still was our latest guest, Zara Permiel. While her parents helped foster a love for computer science in her at a young age, Zara's passion waned. But in the years to come, she reconnected with that passion of hers. And it's a good thing that she did, as she's now the co founder and CTO of Overwatch Data. Zara joins the podcast today to discuss how her love for computer science and learning propelled her through a career at Google and then formed the basis of her decision to start something of her own. She helps us understand the importance of learning to be comfortably uncomfortable and the dangers that present themselves if we start to believe our own hype just a little bit too much. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Zara. Zara, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So, you know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the incredible work you're doing and kind of the tech space, B2B, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. So for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, let's see. I'm Zara. I am currently a co-founder at Overwatch Data. We're a new startup. We started this summer and we're trying to automate understanding global events and telling companies how they impact them and why. I'm currently in Boston where it's very cold, but I grew up in San Diego. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited about building a, a new startup and my hobbies are winter surfing. So you can always ask me more about that. Oh my gosh, winter surfing. That is so fun. It's so foreign for us over here in Oz because it's quite warm. That's so interesting. And obviously we can dive deeper into that. Very exciting that you started your business in the summer that's just been for you guys. So I can't wait to dive deeper into the idea and how it came about. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what did your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? My mom was a homeschool parent. She taught me and my older brother growing up and my younger brother for quite some time. So I think that had an incredible impact on me and that she was the one who who taught me so many things when I was younger and taught me to be creative and all these things. My dad, he started off as a software engineer. He majored in computer science and then he is currently a director at Grail where they do early stage cancer detection and his journey took him from loving computer science and then loving the impact of biotech. So he's always been in STEM and I think got me into computer science pretty young. I always find that so fascinating because you literally study computer science at uni and everything, except oftentimes we look at what our parents do and we go, oh my gosh, like that's not what I want to be doing. Like that is not my jam. You know, growing up, you know, with your mom, the homeschooling and then your dad being, you know, software engineer, what was the greatest lesson that each of them taught you? Oh, that's such a good question. I think for my mom, she's such an encouraging energy. She really cares about people. And I, and I think growing up, she really pushed me to pursue what I was interested in. And she gave me a safe space where, you know, anything I cared about was fine to be interested in and really pursued me to find things I was passionate about and take those on. And then I think my dad is, he's so passionate and so driven and he's someone who when he goes into something, he's all the way in. And so I think he sort of taught me like, once you find something you're passionate about, just to like put the fuel on the fire and like dive all the way in. That's something I learned from each of them. And when was the first time that you knew that you were genuinely passionate about computer science and kind of STEM? Did that happen early on for you? And what was that moment like? Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, different points that came and go, but I think the first point so when I was in sixth grade, I took a web design class and then I found that like I really liked it and I had a lot of fun. And so I got signed up for like, I think it was iPhone development class that was just after the iPhone had been released. And so I went to the local college and I took the class and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so fun. It was so much more fun than all the classes I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> and it was just so like you could creative and I, I could play and made a little Tetris game. And I thought it was just absolutely amazing and so entertaining. So I loved it then. It's so interesting how you said, you know, it came and went, you know, your passion for what you ended up studying and what you're doing now. You know, I think that's so normal. And, you know, I think this idea of when we kind of start to figure out what we care about and what we find exciting, I guess, it can often not be that linear path to kind of figuring out what that means in terms of a career and in terms of what we want to do with our lives. Was that the case for you when you were thinking about computer science? And if so, how did you navigate through that time? 
first of all, so I learned computer science early and then I decided by the time I was going to college, I was like, I'm going to do study science. I was really passionate about chemistry and biotech and I wanted to cure cancer. And so I was like very in that direction. And then I think later than I like late in college, like my junior fall, I decided I wanted to do computer science again. And so I came and I kind of tried different things there. I think I've always loved the early part of a learning curve. And so I always find there's something exciting about learning something new. And with that, I would often find myself doing random things and, and trying to figure out, is this my path or is this other thing my path? And then I think when you're you know a little bit type A, which a lot of us are, it gets kind of stressful where you think like, oh, I had this five-year plan and I thought I would be here and I thought I'd get this promotion or I thought I'd be like doing this at this age. It gets stressful when there's not that linear progression, but it's a lot more fun, I think, when, when you just kind of enjoy the bumpy road and the process that can go different directions. It can get so stressful, Tara. Oh my gosh. How do we, and especially as type A and as so many of our peers out there listening, you know, high achievers, we feel you, you know, it can be so daunting when oh my goodness, I've hit 25 or I've hit 30 or I've hit 35 and I haven't yet done what I thought I wanted to do or I'm not there yet. For our peers out there listening who may be feeling that right now, you know, it's the end of the year, although this episode airs in the new year, but it's the end of 2022 where just capping off the end of the year, it's the time to reflect and sometimes we look back and go, oh my goodness, I'm not there yet. For our peers out there listening who are feeling that big time and they just feel like they're just not enough, what advice would you give to us? Yeah, well, I think first of all, I mean, you definitely are enough. That's separate from what you're doing. And I think as hard as that is to actually think that, I think it's important to at least try to remind yourself that. But I think for me, I felt the same way. Like honestly, even a few months ago, I, I was before we started this, I definitely felt like that. Sometimes the times that you're busiest or it looks on paper that you're moving the fastest is actually not where you're growing the most. And I think for me, like when I look at the times where I was like, oh, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting promoted or I thought I'd be just doing more like by this stage or look at my college friends, like all the crazy stuff they're doing. And I think sometimes the times when you're a little bit unhappy or you're feeling you're like, you're not moving very fast, you get like a time to really reflect and, and think about the organization and what you don't like about what you're doing and what you think you could be better. And I think sometimes the quiet, unsexy parts are where you actually do grow the most. So I would say like, stay optimistic and think about what you can get from the moment that you're in. How do we pick ourselves up when we've been rejected time and time again? It happens so much in the startup journey as well. You know, how do we pick ourselves back up when we feel like we have nothing left to give? That's such a good question. And I think especially in the startup world, I think that was shocking as you start the summer and you start trying to do sales and you recruit people and every step of the way, it's rejection on a scale you didn't expect. You reach out to hundreds of people and maybe one responds. I think it's been something I've been getting used to this summer. And I think like, for me, it's like, can you just keep getting up and can you keep fighting? And that's like the part which one of our advisors says, like in a startup, most of the times it's not homicide where you're killed by another company. It's a suicide. You end up quitting your journey too soon. And so just trying to figure out how do you plan to keep going? And I think for me, like it's a mix of finding something you're so passionate about that you're excited about, like finding the team and your squad that like you're all in this together and you feel that cohesion and you're excited about it. Even if the rest of the world is not feeling what you're doing, you have your team. And then I think for me, I've been working on the work-life balance, like at least making sure as excited as I am about the startup, how do I find opportunities to like at least think about something else? Because realizing it's a long haul and part of what I'm trying to do is make sure I'm in the right place to keep going for a long term. 
so, so true. It's a marathon, hey? And I think it's something that maybe we intuitively know, but when we're in it and how intense it is, not in a bad way, it just is intense, sometimes in a bad way. You know, it is just so intense when you're starting something from nothing. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up in that. You know, for our peers out there listening who may be feeling that too, they've got their side hustle, they're so deep, it's so intense. They're also still working their full-time job and they're just trying to figure out how do I balance all of this? What would be your advice or kind of thoughts on that? There's no silver bullet to balance. And I think I've talked to women like, you know, how do you balance family and your startup? And I think it's tough and you do have to make a lot of compromises and make sure there's a lot of balls in the air, you drop some of them, but you don't drop the ones that'll shatter when you drop them. I think one thing for me is trying to be really clear on like, what are my top priorities and trying to figure out like, you know, I think sometimes when you're doing a hustle and a side hustle, like how much of a priority is the main job? Are you in a period where you can coast? Are you in a period that you need to be all in? I think for me as well, like sometimes when I do that and when I prioritize, I'm like, okay, well, just because something is my top priority, like sometimes I start up like right now, like it's taking so much time. I'm realizing there are other things in life that can't be like just always second to it. And so trying to be ruthlessly prioritizing and then finding the things that really aren't worth the time and you don't need to be doing. And then I think also like finding those pockets of reflection or joy or like when things are so busy, I think it can be really hard to pick your head up and just be like, hey, look at this awesome journey I'm in. I have the opportunity to try to create something from nothing. And not everyone gets that opportunity, but I'm one of the people who decided to try. And this is a pretty awesome journey, whether or not it works for any of us. You know, it's pretty incredible to get to do this. I think what I'm loving about you, Zara, is every time I ask you a question, you always then add that positive spin. I love it. And you can just tell you genuinely have a very positive outlook on life, even if you are going through chaos and even if it is hard. And starting a business, definitely, at least for me, so hard. You know, where do you think that gratitude piece comes from for you? And how can we get better at cultivating that kind of positive attitude? when it comes to our own lives? I don't know. I guess I have a couple answers for this. I think in my family's story, like my grandparents came to America and they went through a lot of hard things. And so I think when I reflect back and think about the pushes both my grandmothers made to pursue education and have a career and make sure that their children were set up, I do feel a sense of how lucky I am to be in this position and how many sacrifices other people have made. And so I think that helps. But I also think that depending on the day, like no matter how lucky or privileged you actually are, that doesn't actually help your mental state. I think one thing for me is I found myself like a pretty negative place in COVID and I was like reading so much news. And I think also at the time I was working a job in span abuse. And so you often think sort of critically and negatively, like what are the problems? What can go wrong here? Realizing how taxing that can be like on obviously your happiness, (laughs) but also your ability to build and engineer and create. And so it's something that I think how helpful it can be when you want to be creative to like kind of see the opportunity in things. It's something that I've been trying to like almost reinforce in myself is like when something happens, be like, okay, like where do I find the positive here? So, so interesting. Amazing. So I've got a couple of power, power questions that I want to give to you. And the first one is what has been your greatest failure and win to date? Yeah. So I think this for me, would be my summer after my senior year of college. I had an internship at Google and I was honestly like kind of depressed. I had like a weird summer and I came back and when you have an internship, you do only two interviews and then you can convert to a full-time role. And usually it's a bit easier than like a standard interview process. You don't have to do them all. And for some reason, when I came back to school and did those two interviews, 
I really just didn't prepare for them. So instead of doing the thing where you like prepare, you study and you go into them really strong, I went and just decided to do them in between classes. I had a class, I did an interview, I came back to campus, I went into the other interview. And I think to me, it was notable for a few reasons. First of all, somehow I had convinced myself that since I'd been doing technical interviews for years, I didn't need to prepare for this. And I was like, oh, I got it. I've done these. I also so burnt out. I wasn't fully motivated or fully present to realize like how bad of a decision that was. But I think for me, like, obviously I didn't get the job. (laughs) And so when I got rejected, it was a really good, like a wake up call for me. And I think it taught me like, don't believe your own hype and how dangerous that can be. And like, don't believe that you're so magical of a thinker that you don't need to like prepare for things and really think about the opportunities you have and make the most of them and ask for advice and prepare and really try to make the best of the opportunities you have. And so I think it was obviously incredibly sad at the time and one of those non-linear paths you're like oh no I really messed up my five-year plan but I think it was such a valuable lesson to learn and it's something that I really try not to make again of don't be overconfident and also don't be burnt out. Love that it's such a valuable advice and your greatest win? My greatest win uh that's a good question I this maybe isn't the right serious answer. I think one thing for me, and this is last year, and I promise I won't talk about surfing too much, but I had always wanted to surf growing up. I grew up in San Diego. I was played soccer. And I kind of had reached a point where I was feeling very comfortable in life, where I was like, I had a job. I was like starting to get my head around what it meant to do the job and do it well. And there's a lot less changing. And so I was really, really comfortable. And then through a series of events, I somehow decided I was going to learn to surf and learn to surf in Boston. And It was something that was so new. Like when I was starting to feel comfortable, it was like learning to do something new again. And it was also something I'm so naturally bad at. Like some people are like really graceful and have a lot of balance and like learn it immediately. I am terrible at it, but I have so much fun doing it. It was kind of like a bit of a turning point for me of like learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable again. And so I think to me, like, while that is not the biggest, flashiest thing that I've done, I think that was like a real turning point for me. Even though it's starting to feel comfortable and I feel like, good where I am. It was the start of a process of getting back into taking calculated risks and, you know, jumping into new things. I love that. How can we get better at realizing we're sitting really comfortably and putting ourselves out there to get uncomfortable? I think for me, one of them is having people in your life who know you well enough to realize you're doing that. And I think both my partner and my brother a couple years ago were like, hey, like you've always wanted to start a startup. What are you doing to make that happen? And I remember specifically, I was at like 4th of July with my brother and he brought that up and he had talked to his friend about like career goals and how to improve things. I made some comment. I was like, well, you know, I'm working on my C++ readability. So I should really like focus on my software skills. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, you should keep growing your software skills. But think about like, is that really the thing you're missing? And is that really why you don't feel like you can start something? Or is it something else? Do you want to pursue more leadership opportunities or think about how you would be as a leader or put yourself in situations to find other co-founders? And so I think that was the first thing for me is like having the people in your life who will call you out when you're not being consistent to what you want to do. That's so true. And I think sometimes we can be sitting there feeling all comfortable. And even in business, I mean, I just went through a period where couple months ago, I was like, oh, we're five years into this now. Things were going smoothly. I can finally breathe. It's, you know, and then it's so funny how sometimes either you get a tap on the shoulder from someone who's like, hang on, and or something blows up. And for me, it was kind of a combination of both. I started to feel like, wow, I feel really comfortable. And 
then something blew up in the business and it was just kind of like, whoa, back to reality, but also kind of back to where I almost want to be sitting, which is that uncomfortable place. So I can try and figure out how I'm going to grow more next. I think for you, that idea of growth, when was the time that you felt like you've experienced a lot of growth in kind of a short period of time? Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I mean, I think generally it's whenever things are the hardest and you're the most uncomfortable. I think that's always when I'm growing the most. I worked on a nonprofit during my master's and I was studying cybersecurity for elections and I got to work on a nonprofit up the road that was looking at cybersecurity policy and very practical, like how do we improve cybersecurity for state and local election officials? And when I worked on the project, I was, instead of being one of many technical people, which is what I was used to, I was suddenly like one of the few technical people. And the partners on the project were like amazing people who had come from the military, who had worked like an amazing (laughs) army leader. And I won't go on too much about her, but like there's so many people I worked with who are at the top of such a different field than I was. And I would look and I had managed some college project or hackathon type things. But when I saw like how they could really bring a group together and bring a group of such differently motivated people to accomplish something that was really exciting and that had real impact. I think I was pushed into situations when they asked me to lead projects where I felt so uncomfortable and it was so hard for me. And I also saw how good they were at doing that. And it was something where the lessons I learned and the books I was forced to read and, and the, the situation I was in, I, I think I learned so much during that one-year project as a moment, I think, an inflection point for me where I learned from other people. And I think also, you know, I learned a lot from the fact that it was like uncomfortable and new and different. But I also think I learned so much from having people with just different skills and different personalities and a different perspective. It taught me a lot. It's made a big impact on my life. And it's something I now look for is how can I work with people who are very different from me? So, so valuable. Sarah, over the last couple of years of your journey, but also in particular over the last kind of six months and starting your company, you've really gone from strength to strength. You know, you've received so much recognition for your work already. And most recently you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you just decided to take the leap? Let's see. I think, first of all, like realizing that regardless of the outcome, the journey is incredible. And the opportunities, I think you have to grow when you're forced to figure something out for yourself. You know, I think for me, I feel like regardless of what happens, this is an incredible opportunity for growth. I think the second thing for me is, you know, this is like a little bit of like finding this thing that you work on. And I think hopefully a lot of us have found this and as projects evolve and you find this, is finding something that you really are incredibly passionate about. Because I think a lot of us, you know, sometimes we sacrifice the things we care about for the things that we think is a smart decision. And I think when you are really excited about what you're doing, I think it enables you to enjoy the journey, but also have so much impact along the way. Like you're working hard because it's fun and it's play for you versus, you know, others who would have to do the same project might not feel the same way and they'd be like grinding away trying to work on it. I think those are two things. And I think the last thing for me is finding that team of people that are incredible in very different ways than me. So have very different backgrounds, very different personalities, very different ways of thinking and things that they contribute. And I think it's a different background, but similar values and similar ethics. And knowing that, you know, if you are coming across the same situation, you're not going to compromise and you, you come from a similar background there. And so I think to me, that team aspect, whether it's, you know, a literal team and you found your co-founders yet, or if it's, 
you know, your team of allies as you go, I think is super important. Such valuable advice. Oh, Zara, it has been so, so great to chat. Before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, particularly us young, ambitious women, that if we have this vision, this goal, and this dream, we actually can make it a reality. We have to be prepared to get uncomfortable, and that's okay. And as long as we have the right people surrounding us, we can get there. So for that, we really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited. And to your point, I think there's so much for women and I think everyone to contribute. I think this is such an exciting time to build more things in the world. And so I'm always excited to meet and hear about the other founders and peers on the podcast. It's, it's really exciting. I love it. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Oh, everything. A book I loved recently it was called Lynchpin. And they talk about how much value there is to like bringing your human side to engineering. And I'm an engineer, so I think about engineering. But I think there is something about like when you find that intermix where you can bring your human skills and your technical or business skills to a problem, I think it's just it's so much more valuable. And I think obviously there's like a happiness side to this of when you do something you're passionate about, it'll make you happier and you spend so much of your life working, you should hopefully enjoy what you do. But I think even from like a completely success, like if you want to be calculated about it, I think even from that perspective, passion is how you work hard when other people can't. I think a reason why I think you know millennials are often misjudged, I think millennials work so hard because they pursue what they're passionate about. And I think it's where you innovate because you have the drive to find solutions where you otherwise wouldn't. And I think, you know, for me, like it drives you to, to be creative in a way where usually you would look for technical solutions. And instead, suddenly you look about like, okay, here's the problem I have. We're not delivering this value for the user. What technical things can we do to solve this problem? What relationships can I build to find allies in other companies or people or advisors that we can bring to bear on this problem? And I think when you're really pursuing something that is like a mission you care about and you think is worth doing, you find yourself able to grow and growing almost organically because you're driven by your work. So I think this is so important and I'm so excited that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. It has been so awesome to chat with you. Where can we learn more about you and Overwatch? We're at overwatchdata.io. And so you can find us there. Otherwise, I think that's probably the best place for me. I'm also on LinkedIn at Zara Paramol, or I technically have an old website, but that's mostly dead. So um, yeah, overwatchdata.io is our best bet for LinkedIn. Awesome. Amazing. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast powered by Shopify. Remember Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer. 
and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepierceproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepierceproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. Peers.